You're listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update on social media. Thank you as always for joining us. A lot going on. We have uh, the big gun scandal involving Hunter Biden that we're pursuing. Uh, There are the big leaks uh, related to Ukraine that I think uh, demonstrate uh, terrible government corruption and double standards. Plus, there's an important lawsuit we're pursuing related to the safety of the Supreme Court that's under attack uh, from the radical left. Uh, But there's a lot going on uh, here in Washington, D.C. There's been a big commotion over uh, these leaks that took place of classified information, seemingly military information, uh, about the war in Ukraine. And it involves intelligence about um, uh, U.S. views on Ukraine. It suggests that maybe there's uh, U.S. troops on the ground in Ukraine and uh, some, some other intelligence about the Russians and such. So it's all very secret, all very top secret. And allegedly, uh, this um, young man, Um, uh, enlisted guy, Jack uh, Texeria, I think his name is pronounced, was arrested and he's being charged with the leaks. And uh, he's 21. Now, immediately people think there's something fishy. How could someone so young uh, be, um, uh, have access to all of this sensitive and classified information? Well, there's kind of a, there's a multitude of scandals there. A, the military has lots of young men and women in it. Uh, B, just because they're young doesn't mean they don't have access to top secret information. And in fact, too many uh, people have security clearances in Washington, D.C., not because they're necessary. It's because the government doesn't like information getting out to the American people. So they use the classification systems as a way uh, to hide information from the American people, such as the real, uh, view, their real views on how the war in Ukraine's been going. I guess the document suggests that the unofficial view is a lot less op- optimistic than the official view, uh, which is more optimistic for Ukraine's ability to fend off the Russians. On top of that, the other concern is... Um, or or the other skepticism or the other basis for skepticism is how quickly they were able to find this leaker. Now compare and contrast, and I'll be talking about this later, uh, how quickly they found this leaker with the failure to find the leaker of the Dobbs decision, uh, the pro-life decision by the Supreme Court, evidently leaked by a leftist to try to derail uh, the decision that ultimately overturned Roe versus Wade. They still haven't found the leaker. The Supreme Court supposedly had an internal investigation. They couldn't figure it out. The Justice Department, I don't know what they're doing on it, um, but I suspect not much. Now, I suspect not much because the Justice Department and the White House and Democrats in Congress were probably in on the leaks. They don't want to look too hard who's responsible for it. Uh, So it's just seemingly convenient that they find this guy so quickly. Does it mean this guy isn't the guy responsible? No. It just raises skepticism. Why, does, why is there skepticism? Because the Justice Department is a purely political animal. The Biden administration, in terms of applying the rules of law, put politics first and, and national security second and certainly the rule of law last. 
And uh, the other concern Americans have is the disparate treatment between some leakers and others. And there are two examples I would point out to you. You have the leak of uh, President Trump's FBI files by James Comey, the former FBI director, who kept FBI files on Trump at his home and then leaked them to the New York Times in an effort to try to destroy Trump. So a former FBI director leaking material, specifically FBI files on a sitting president as part of a coup plot? Yeah, a coup plot. I said it. No prosecutions. And then, of course, separately, you had uh, this uh, misuse, and I believe illegal leaking of classified information on another Ukraine issue, specifically the Ukraine phone call, the perfect call, I think appropriately named by Trump, that uh, Trump made related to corruption in Ukraine and here in the United States and the Biden gang. And Alexander Vindman and, and Adam Schiff and a CIA official, by all accounts, I don't think I can say his name. I think I'm allowed to say his name for Twitter, but I'm not allowed to say his name for YouTube or some other platforms. They were never investigated. In fact, they were protected. They still are protected. So the leaker, they're calling him a whistleblower. Part of the coup impeachment against Trump is not only not prosecuted, but we're not allowed to say his name. Okay, so forgive me in thinking that any prosecution of this kid should be weighed by the public in terms of analyzing whether justice is being fairly administered by looking at how Comey was prosecuted or not prosecuted or how uh, Alexander Vindman and his co-leakers, co, uh, co I would say, and Adam Schiff were prosecuted or not prosecuted. And of course, there were leak after leak after leak of national security classified information targeting Trump world. Virtually no one was prosecuted. I think there was one prosecution out of the, the, some former Senate staffer. That was it. So when it comes to the prosecution of leaks, if you do something in a way that makes life difficult for the establishment, you'll get nailed. If you do something in a way that targets the right po politicians, political figures, or movements, meaning Trump, as we've seen recently, you not only get a medal, I say that figuratively, but you get protected and a get-out-of-jail-free card. So you can bet we're going to be looking very carefully about at this uh, Ukraine leak scandal now, because, you know, he's been, he's going to be prosecuted, but, you know, he's innocent until proven guilty. And um, even if he's potentially guilty, we should be asking uh, whether there's, uh, he's being prosecuted in a way that others were not and should have been. Can you say Hillary, for example? So a lot going on there. Uh, we had some good news this week. The left doesn't think it's good news, but I think it's good news if you believe in the right to life. Uh, we had a Supreme Court, excuse me, we had a U.S. District Court judge in Texas uh, that uh, ruled in a case that Judicial Watch had filed an amicus brief in 
uh, basically telling the Obama and Biden gang uh, they acted illegally and actually it went back to the Clinton gang too. So it was a Clinton-Obama-Biden uh, beatdown by the U.S. District Court judge over their political approval of the dangerous abortion pill that's only purpose is to kill unborn babies. And uh, Hillary Clinton was involved, Judicial Watch had found, in pushing for its approval in a political fashion. All the rules were tossed aside back in 2000. In 2016, Obama made it easier to use in more circumstances. And then again, more recently, the Biden administration uh, made it even more widely available in an effort to bypass state restrictions trying to protect the unborn's right to life. And the court said that, um, yes, the plaintiffs have standing. They can go as far back as the Clinton approval. Uh, the approval was all bunk and not scientifically based, meaning political. And when it's a political process, it's not legal under the rules and regulations that the federal government is supposed to abide by, in this case, the FDA. And so the left is, was going crazy. In fact, they were suggesting uh, a coup against the judiciary. You had uh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, uh, suggest that the Biden administration ignore the court's ruling. You had a senator or two call for the administration to ignore the court's ruling. And to the credit of the Biden administration, they said, we're not allowed to do that. That's not the way it works in America. Uh, now, they immediately appealed to an appellate uh, court, the Fifth Circuit, which largely upheld the decision um, essentially, the abortion pill is still available, uh, but the appellate court reminded, uh, said that the efforts by Biden and Obama to expand access were not legal. And secondly, the effort to allow the drug to be mailed uh, across the country is also not legal because there's a federal law that is much older than I am. It probably goes back to the early part of the last century, if I recall that prohibits mailing abortifacients. Simple. You can't mail abortifacients. This bill is an abortifacient. And there's no way around the law unless you, get, unless you change it. And so the Biden administration realized they wouldn't be able to change the law, so they pretended the law doesn't apply. And the appellate court said it does. So what's happened here is that the left is desperate to use this abortion pill uh, to bypass state limits on abortion uh, by mailing abortion pills into states uh, where um, uh, abortion is generally prohibited. And it doesn't matter how they want to, uh, uh, under the Biden rules and Obama rules, uh, your, your uh, requirements to consult with a doctor, figure out how far into the pregnancy you are, um, they were also expen expanding the use of it, so you could use it further into the pregnancy, which is obviously more risky. So, I mean, if you were, if you were concerned about the way the vaccines were were um, ratified or approved by the FDA, wait till you see how they handle this abortion drug thing. I mean, the, the court highlighted in the case here, and this is just one example. I think under the Obama administration, uh, there had been a rule previous that was associated with the initial approval that doctors were required to report fatalities related to the drug. And the Obama gang took that requirement away. 
And then the Biden administration, in easing restrictions on this kill pill, said, well, we don't have fatalities reported related to the drug, so we can make it more widely available. But <laughs> the reason they don't have fatalities re related to the drugs is because there's no reporting requirement. And the judge says, well, you know, that's Alice in Wonderland. So now it's probably going to go up to the Supreme Court. I think, as I described it, I think the court's going to uphold um, uh, a lot of the pushback against the Biden administration and the Obama administration on their rules to make it easier for women to kill their unborn children at home. And this is what the abortion pill is about. And um, unfortunately, the abortion movement has gone from not unfortunately, I think it's quite logical because I think they've always been lying, uh, but uh, from pro-choice to pro-abortion in the sense they want more abortion, uh, they're interested in pushing women into abortion, they're seeing abortion as a positive good as opposed to something that's in the least tragic that's to, to be avoided where possible. No, they're, they're embracing it, they're embracing it and I call it the culture of death and there's this death cult. And I tell you, it's it's... In my view, it's all part of a piece. I mean, we've had, um, you know, more recently these, uh, this transgender extremism uh, that's targeting children and, and seeking uh, it, to mutilate them uh, through these transgender extremist gender-affirming surgeries. You've had this violence associated with that transgenderism. You have the corporate embrace, embrace of it. I mean, you've seen this... Um, uh, this Bud Light controversy where that uh, Anheuser-Busch was essentially working with uh, a transgender extremist who was targeting children. And, uh, and then also Nike also had this man running around dressed in women's clothing. I mean, it's, it's misogynist. And by misogynist, I mean anti-women. It's anti-children because they target children. It's frankly anti-biology because... We have men and women, et cetera. I, don't, I probably shouldn't have to remind our viewers of that. But the idea that we would have our political establishment, our corporate establishment, our educational establishment allow these adults to engage in sexual talk with children in order to get the children or in order to, quote, allow the children to be mutilated or have... Um, chemical castrations or other dangerous experimental treatments given to them uh, is, is just beyond evil. And it's no surprise that the radicals who support that are crazed about supporting abortion. Yeah, I mean, with this targeting of children by the transgender extremists, they, they show up in all different places. This uh, internet guy, um, he's, I call him an internet guy, it shows you my age, but Mr. Beast. He's got like 145 million followers on YouTube. Now, if you're of a certain age, you probably have never followed him or seen his videos, uh, but he's wildly popular with children and young people. And uh, one of his associates that appear on his videos that get millions of views is, uh, quote, transitioning. So we have this channel uh, targeted at children in which there is a man transitioning to a transgendered woman. And this is a children's channel on YouTube. So there's nowhere that's safe from the transgender extremism. And um, 
you know, do parents know this is going on? Probably not. Hopefully they'll now know. Uh, but you should just presume the worst, that no place is safe from this cultural Marxism, this revolutionary concept, this targeting of children. And, um, you know, what's to be done about it? In my view, no adult, no child certainly, or guardian of a child, can give informed consent to these dangerous and experimental transitional transgender treatments. And the fact that it may be legal or allowed by medical bodies is an urgent issue that needs to be addressed. So you have states this week, more and more states are seeking to protect children from these mutilating and dangerous treatments, seeking to protect girls from, uh, uh, again, it's, it's, it's uh, sexual directed activity forcing uh, or forcing women's sports or girls' sports to have boys come in and invade their spaces and, quote, participate. Uh, th these are horrible times in that regard. I call it demonic, and I don't use that word lightly, but, you know, targeting the innocence of children and having adults do it and pretend it's normal, God help our country. And, and there's, as I said, this leftist death cult. And so Judicial Watch, you know, I'm educating you generally about the issue, but specifically we use the FOIA, obviously, to expose what's going on uh, as we're doing with the abortion pill and filing amicus briefs and educating the court about the lawlessness associated with this whole approach. But these are, these are dark times for the country in that regard. Very dark times. So along those lines, um, this death cult, these crazed leftists, I call it the rising communists, the cadres, which are groups of communists, so consider them like commie cells out there, right? They've been, since last year, uh, harassing Supreme Court justices at their home in violation of federal law. Federal law prohibits protests at the homes of justices, more or less, or anywhere else where they'll be. Uh, especially if the protests are designed to intimidate, harass, or affect outcomes. And how is it not intimidating for harassment or designed to affect judicial outcomes by going to someone's home and protesting? And they've been doing it since they uh, leaked the Dobbs decision in uh, last year. And the Biden administration has encouraged these protests. They've refused to arrest anyone involved in the protests. Uh, Garland was excoriated just recently for refusing to enforce the law. He said, well, there may be First Amendment problems with the law. Well, isn't that interesting? So there's First Amendment problems with protesting outside of Justice's house uh, or prohibiting a protest outside of Justice's house. But you can go ahead and for the first time in history start uh, prosecuting people for, quote, obstructing a congressional proceeding by entering the Capitol? Isn't that a protest? Jailing people for protesting around the Capitol? So are there no First Amendment concerns there? No, there isn't, in theory, right? Because the theory the Justice Department has there, you just can't show up and protest in a way to intimidate people trying to do their jobs of government. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of crossing the line. It, it has this air of violence about it. About it. So they target people associated with Trump, 
and those opposed to the Biden administration who've disputed elections or done things politically they don't like. They're targeting pro-life protesters. But you show up, you show up outside the home of a sitting Supreme Court justice and they don't do anything? And it's wildly dangerous. At least one of these folks were um, incited, to use the term the left likes to use these days, uh, to show up at Kavanaugh's house and try to assassinate him. He, he essentially admitted to such, and I think he's being prosecuted for attempted murder of Kavanaugh. And still they aren't arresting people for these protests. And these protests, by the way, they began last year. They're still continuing. They still show up every now and again outside the homes of these justices, all of whom have families, visitors and such. They're being held hostage in their own home. And this Biden administration is encouraging this attack on the court. And we're not going to stand around and just, you know, kvetch about it. We, I've filed Freedom of Information Act requests, and one of them we're suing about. We sued uh, the Montgomery County Police about records about these uh, protests outside uh, the justices' homes in Montgomery County. So there are two justices who live in Montgomery County. So if the, this is the capital, right? And so Montgomery County's up here. Okay, northwest corner of the capital. So it's the one of the closest suburbs to Washington, just north of the city. And uh, two justices live up that way, at least two justices. Uh, on the conservative side, Chief Justice Roberts and Justice Kavanaugh. Uh, both homes, um, both of their homes have been targeted for these protests. So Montgomery County Police is also partly responsible for providing protection for the citizens there, obviously the justices included. So way back in June, we asked for documents from the Montgomery County Police for essentially communications and documents they had uh, related to these um, illegal protests outside the dwellings, as we say, of Supreme Court Chief Justice John G. Roberts Jr. and Justice Brett Kavanaugh. And we specifically want their communications and contacts with the U.S. Marshal Service which provides security specifically for courts, uh, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, the Department of Justice, the Maryland State Police, and the Maryland Attorney General's Office. So again, this leak began in May, the protests outside the homes to intimidate the justices who uh, quite apparently, based on this leak, were prepared to overturn Roe versus Wade, so they were trying to persuade them through um, um, uh, intimidation and illegal behavior to get them to change their minds. And then after the decision came down, they wanted to continue to punish them. Uh, these protests began almost immediately, as I said, back in May and June of last year. Now, since the leak, uh, the leftists have targeted conservative justices uh, with these protests repeatedly in violation of federal law. And this is what the law says. It prohibits, quote, interfering with obstructing or impeding the administration of justice with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness, or court, court officer. Several justices have received death threats, and in June of last year, as we discussed, a heavily armed man was arrested outside Kavanaugh's home in Bethesda, and Bethesda, Maryland's in Montgomery County, 
and was charged with attempted murder. Now, but despite the violations of the protest law, uh, the, the law is yet to be enforced by the Biden administration's Justice Department. Uh, Garland was accused during a recent Senate Judiciary Committee hearing of politicizing the Justice Department and prosecuting conservatives more aggressively than liberals, which I've laid out for you here. For more than a year, the Montgomery County Police Department has unlawfully stonewalled, so unlawfully stonewalled, Judicial Watch's request for records and communications with the Biden gang about the dangerous and illegal protests uh, that were trying to, and are trying to, intimidate Supreme Court justices at their homes. So, you know, and it's, this, is, this is just one example of the left's war on the courts. There's a specific effort to attack the Supreme Court, to attack other courts when they rule against the left on issues they care about. So we see this obviously with these, uh, these protests and the near murder of Justice Kavanaugh. Uh, we see it even in Texas where we're talking about this district court judge in Texas who ruled against the FDA. Uh, you know, the left was personally targeting him and trying to pressure him through uh, hit pieces in the media and such. Nothing, nothing ever is done like that against uh, uh, left-wing judges. It just doesn't happen. They're all protected. And then um, uh, you have these attacks institutionally on the court where the left wants to uh, uh, basically blow up the Supreme Court, pack the court, which means turning the Supreme Court into um, the equivalent of a Congress that gets uh, increased numbers of justices that one party brings in, uh, to pack the court, and then obviously the next party next time around brings in more justices to uh, undo what the last party did, and that leads to the end of the Supreme Court. I mean, that just turns it into a completely political body. It's already too political as it is. And, uh, and then, of course, you still have the targeting of individual justices on the Supreme Court with hit pieces. We're seeing this with Justice Thomas. Uh, the left has been incessant since his nomination with that high-tech lynching and continuing the lynching, figuratively speaking, of Thomas throughout his career. Uh, I'm friends, obviously, you may not know, but I'm friends with his, um, with his wife, Ginny Thomas, and they target her to get at him. Uh, the left is putting out uh, uh, fake uh, allegations of uh, ethics violations against Thomas because he goes on vacations with his friend and had gone on vacations with his friend and didn't report it, as he doesn't have to, and they're pretending he's violating rules that didn't exist. It's just like what they're doing against Trump. They just make up laws that don't apply and then try to convict you of them. And so they're trying to uh, pressure Thomas, and they really hate Justice Thomas, not only because he rules against them, but because he's black, and the left really hates blacks who are conservative. And there's also this racial animus because he's married to a white woman, and they really don't like um, blacks who are married to whites. The left has criticized Thomas on that repeatedly. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing that's beneath them in terms of trying to destroy their opponents. And we're seeing this with the Supreme Court. It's, a, it's a, an attack on the foundation of the rule of law the foundation of our constitutional system. Remember, we have three branches of government, and they want to essentially outlaw or eliminate 
or turn into a toothless tiger an entire branch, the judicial branch. Uh, they're trying to put in a cage the executive branch. And uh, as we saw during the Pelosi Congress, um, you know, all bets are off with Congress. You know, the left doesn't like representative government. They don't like a Republican form of government. So anything they can do to blow up our constitutional system, in this case going after the courts, that's something they're very excited about. So we're not only going to expose it through our investigations and litigation, uh, but we're going to educate you about what the truth is here with this crazed leftist attack on the rule of law. I don't know if you saw the news this week, but Hunter Biden was at the White House again. Of course, it's where his father is. It's where his business partner is. He was there for the Easter egg roll. And so as the former president of the United States is being harassed by Biden's political allies in New York with fraudulent indictments and litigation uh, and threatened by Biden's own administration, Hunter Biden gets to walk around free and clear, has his Justice Department, Biden's Justice Department, again, Joe's uh, Hunter's father, his business, his business partner, his Justice Department protects Hunter and obviously Joe. And uh, there's so much corruption around the Biden family. As I've described it before, uh, it is run like a mafia operation, a racketeering operation. And the fact there's been no serious prosecution, let alone investigation of the Hunter family racket uh, is an indictment of the Justice Department and the FBI and, frankly, the whole establishment here in Washington, D.C. And, of course, Judicial Watch is in cowed. We will continue to do our investigations uh, any way we can under the law on, these, on the Hunter Biden corruption, on the Joe Biden corruption, uh, which is so undermining confidence in the fair administration of justice. And one of the scandals are uh, especially, it's especially rich given Joe Biden's and the left's general and the media complex's general opposition to Second Amendment rights, which is the use of government agencies to protect Hunter Biden from the consequences legally of his either getting a gun illegally or mishandling it. And, and you may recall, Judicial Watch has been suing and had sued the Secret Service to get access to records about its reported intervention to go and clean up documents from the gun dealer that Hunter allegedly bought a gun from, uh, the gun of which was taken by his then-girlfriend Haley, who was Beau Biden, his dead brother's widow, that Hunter reportedly was dating. And she kind of got mad at him about something and took his gun and threw it in a dumpster somewhere. And it was retrieved, and the police got involved, and the FBI reportedly got involved, and the Secret Service reportedly got involved. So we sued for Secret Service records, you may recall. And the Secret Service, uh, we found some documents, and the Secret Service official asked when he got the inquiry, oh, maybe we were asked for a favor? And they denied that they, quote, did anything. But the, the way they denied it, according to these documents, was cagey and uh, left the media hanging in terms of follow-up questions. Uh, but the documents also showed... Uh, and the media reporting on it showed that the FBI may have been involved. And this was the big political story uh, that, um, that led to it. Let me read you a quote from the political story. Uh, 
On October 23rd, 2018, President Joe Biden's son Hunter and daughter-in-law Haley were involved in a bizarre incident in which Haley took Hunter's gun and threw it in a trash can behind a grocery store, only to return later to find it gone. Delaware police began investigating, concerned that the trash can was across from a high school and that the missing gun could be used in a crime. Arriving on the scene, Delaware State Police retrieved security camera footage from the store. But a curious thing happened. At the time, Secret Service agents approached the owner of the store where Hunter brought, bought the gun and asked to take the paperwork involving the sale, according to two people, one of whom has firsthand knowledge of the episode, and the other was briefed by a Secret Service agent after the fact. The Federal Bureau of Investigation also responded to the scene, According to people familiar with the situation, at the time the FBI was monitoring Hunter Biden as part of an investigation that remains ongoing and currently focuses on his taxes. The FBI declined to comment. A Secret Service spokesman said the agency had no record of involvement in the incident. So that's the story, right? And obviously uh, you can't take it face value based on the documents we found. Maybe we did him a favor. That's the language they used. Uh, about the Secret Service's denial in showing up at this gun store to vacuum up Hunter Biden documents. And this, docu and this uh, Politico story shows how the FBI was evidently criminally monitoring or investigating Hunter Biden in 2018, again, two years before the election. Isn't it amazing how they kept that secret or didn't do anything in those two years? What a cover-up. And the cover-up continues because we just had to sue the FBI for records about this very issue. We followed up on these Secret Service documents with a January 30th, 2023 request because the Secret Service is being told that the FBI is involved. We didn't see anything to suggest that the Secret Service said, well, that's not the case. So we submitted a request for all records, including investigative reports, telephone logs, witness statements, memoranda, and firearms purchase documentations related to the reported purchase, possession, and disposal of a firearm owned by Hunter Biden discarded in the Delaware trash receptacle circa October 2018. All records of communications of FBI officials regarding the reported purchase, possession, and disposal of the firearm. And we've gotten the runaround. Now they do have records, but they don't want to give us any. They have records covered, it looks like, by, um, if I recall, let me see if it's in the release. Yeah, they withheld the records, I think it was B6 and B7. Now B6 generally is privacy, B7 is law enforcement. So they're pretending there's an ongoing investigation to Hunter to keep out any records embarrassing to Hunter and Joe, and they're pretending that the privacy interest of Hunter outweighs the, outweighs the public interest in figuring out if the president's son was the benefit of corrupt government action to protect him from the consequences of uh, this gun fiasco. And once again, it's Judicial Watch to the rescue here in terms of just doing this basic oversight that Congress should be doing. Uh, maybe they are going to pursue this. I don't know if Jim Jordan's going to pursue this. Maybe he is. I don't know. 
but you know we've been already on it, so we hope he follows our lead here in the least. And obviously the Justice Department and the FBI and the Secret Service are part of the corruption. So Hunter Biden is protected while Trump is abused and targeted by the very same agencies. And people say it's double standard, and I kind of respond half-jokingly, but not really. It's actually one standard, which is go after your political opponents, this is the left's approach, and protect your friends. Punish your enemies and protect your friends. And obviously, so the enemies are Trump and people who support Trump, conservatives, pro-lifers, parents who oppose the left-wing agenda at school boards, and their friends are Hunter Biden, leakers like James Comey, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, Adam Schiff, the corruptocrats in Congress, frankly, of both political parties. So, you know, this is one standard, which is to abuse power to target your political enemies. And right now they're trying to throw their political enemies in jail in a way never seen before in American history certainly in modern American history. And now um, we have further information that they're taking active steps, not just to uh, um, not, quote, investigate Hunter Biden and by uh, proxy Joe Biden, uh, but they're actually actively covering up. And Judicial Watch is right in the middle of exposing it in federal court. And we do it with your support. And once again, uh, Judicial Watch is your watchdog in Washington, D.C. I mean, there, there's nothing. Uh, people say, what are you, are you investigating this? And my response is, we're investigating everything. We're investigating everything. Literally, we're not investigating everything. But my point is, pretty much everything you're concerned about, we likely are investigating, we're litigating, we're doing something about it. Whether it be the immigration crisis, the Hunter Biden scandal, uh, the attacks on Trump, preserving our elections, the right to life, critical race theory, you name it, we're on it. And we do it with your support. And I want to thank you for your support because we can't go into court, uh, you know, without pay being able to pay the rent quite literally. And you help us do that with your support. And I encourage you, if you're not already supporting Judicial Watch, to support us by going to our website at judicialwatch.org. And those of you who are supporting us, thank you. And I want you to consider increasing your support because the crisis isn't going away. Thank you, and I'll see you here next time on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. Thanks for listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. For more information, visit www.judicialwatch.org because no one is above the law.